All right. So, we had, uh, before we went off the radio, we had talked a little bit about, uh, like, social media and that stuff. How instrumental, or how have you used that, have you had been forced to use that now more as uh, COVID has come in and Mm -hmm. you've got to, now we have to do videotapes of ourselves instead of actually going to the place. Mm -hmm. Has that been a challenge for you? Yeah, I, I think for me, I don't really enjoy, like, marketing myself mm. you know like it just i don't know it just doesn't feel good like i don't be like being like here's a picture of me unfortunately that's a lot of how i get my work you know and and it's like showing what you're doing and like i'm working right now um and that's just the way it goes um so um i remember being at a job not too long ago probably a year ago and um another actor was like let me find you on instagram and i was like well you have like a professional Instagram account. I realized in that moment, I have like my kids on my Instagram account, right. you know? Um, so at that moment I realized, okay, I need to get like uh, just an Instagram account just for my, my business. Um, so that's where a lot of like marketing happens aside from my agents that, that get me work and everything. So it's, it's through Instagram and, um, and, and Facebook, just being involved, getting plugged in with a lot of, um, uh, the film groups throughout DC, Baltimore, mm-hmm. um, Central Pennsylvania, and uh, and just constantly looking and seeing what's available and what people need casting for, um, and so it, just staying connected. Um, yeah, I would say that's uh, the majority of it. So you talked about having an agent. At what point did you realize you needed an agent? Right away. Right away <laughs> yeah. into the filming industry or the yes, okay. yeah. So. Um, I got my first agent probably 12 years ago, and um, she has been wonderful. Um, she's this older woman and just the sweetest lady. Um, and then I have two other ones as well. So what is what is the agent's primarily primary job, or do you have different agents that do different jobs? Um, they all kind of do, they all kind of get me different work. Um, when the agent gets me work that's like it comes very infrequently, but she'll get me work that's very high paying jobs. Mm. Most of the time that's print, which is not my passion. Print? So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's like standing with um, a bathtub or a refrigerator. Gotcha. So it's, it's like the deal, no deal. Yeah. It's like, models. can you just wear this and stand with this and just look like you're happy and enjoying your life mm-hmm. um, while that isn't my you know love and and life is <laughs> it's not like my dreams are being made in those moments but they they pay so well and sometimes you just have to take jobs mm-hmm. like that and i i will say it's not that there's no there it's not that that doesn't have any skill or anything like that there's a little bit of skill yeah. involved um because everything has to be in in a job like that everything has to be exactly yes. right yes um not a hair out of place and that's not right. my job um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's sometimes i get that kind of work and that's fine um i have another agent that just gets me a lot of local stuff and i'm always grateful for that because then i don't have to travel far mm-hmm. so that's cool so, um, but besides that, do you have to do you also look for jobs as well? Yeah, and I, I get a lot of what I do through what I discover and what I find. Um, sometimes, if I like, I mentioned like Facebook groups, they're so helpful. People looking for production, looking for an actor, they'll say, you know, I need, uh, I need a thirty-year-old woman or thirty to thirty-five-year-old woman for such and such, and uh, we need it for Wednesday. I submit and then sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. <laughs> How easy is it for like local projects if if you don't really have any uh, expertise or um, or background, I guess mm-hmm. is the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, how easy do you think it is to hop into those projects? Maybe not for a lead actor, but for like yeah. maybe like a support. Like because oftentimes those ads are for some like support yeah. roles. Yeah, I would say in order to be considered um you need to have yourself a good headshot um, really yeah you have to have a good headshot now sometimes my agent <laughs> that i've had forever she'll be like 
the client just wants to see a selfie. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I've paid all this money for headshots and you just want to mm-hmm. see a selfie? Okay. But sometimes that's what they want to see because that is showing more like of what you look like anyway, in a normal yeah. life. Um, in normal light. Too. Yeah, in normal light. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, but I would definitely say you're not going to get anywhere if you have lousy headshots. They need to be crisp and clean with great lighting, a great photographer being able to, to direct you. And um, and that, I mean, that's going to get you work. Unfortunately, a lot of this industry is based on on looks. And I don't mean in terms of like how pretty you are or how handsome you are. It's it's how the professional. Prod- well, it's how professional, how you how you promote yourself. But also like sometimes it's it's a job where they need you to look like you're you know, you've had a rough life, you know, mm-hmm. or you, mm-hmm. you need, you look rugged, you look rich. Exactly. You look yeah. These things. So sometimes it's, you're too tall, you're too short, yep. you're too, you know, overweight, you're too thin, you're too pretty, you're too not as pretty as you need to be. You know what I right, mean? Yeah. Like, and, and I, and I don't like that part of the industry, but that has a lot to do with a character, you know? Yeah. It, you can't write out oh, this person's white or this person's black. You can't exactly. write that out. Exactly. Especially if that's part of the story. You you yep. can't write out, oh, this person's a woman or you can't write out, oh, this person has literally been breaking rocks their entire life. You yeah. can't write that out because that has a specific look. I don't look like I've, I've I don't look like I've broken rocks for my life, for my entirety life, but I have for a, a portion, a portion, a portion of it. Uh-huh. Uh, so I probably wouldn't get that role, even though I have done it. I just don't look like I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see castings all the time for a, a different race than I am. And I can't, I can't, can't I can't, prom- I, yeah, I can't cast myself as that or I can't submit myself for that. And that's the way it is. And that's mm-hmm. fine. There's a place for everyone. See, so it's just a matter of finding that place and getting a really good headshot. How, how are the uh, prices for headshots? They vary. Um, yeah, I would say definitely under $500. Um, that much. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. 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 How, how much it, at, at average, how much does a average headshot session cost? I think I had, um, my most recent one last, um, last spring. And I think it was, um, just for the session, it was like a, the higher 200s. But then okay, once, so yeah, once you select so many images and, you know, right. and, 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 and to go along with how you, how you see yourself and what you need to have in terms of getting work, um, you need to know what your character is, right? Mm. Like, so if, if I see, we need someone that's a mom, <laughs> I get cast as a mom all the time because hello, yeah, I'm a mom. mom yep. Um, sometimes I get cast as like, um, you know, a, a woman who's who's experienced a lot of hardship in life, you know, rugged and, and beat up. And, and so I, you know, if I um, if I make a self tape for that particular casting, I will I will wear the right clothes to make that right. happen. And um, and so you kind of want to know, like, your five characters. OK, like, okay. like I'm a lawyer. I'm, I'm not really these things. Um, I don't see myself as these things. I'm just giving examples. But, right. you know, lawyer, a mom, a police officer, um, a doctor, a teacher. So you want to know, like, OK, these are the these are the jobs that my type could could do in the film world. Um, and that helps you to be able to find your your place. So how do you find your type? A lot of discovery and asking questions to other actors, like, how do you see me? You know, sometimes I'll be on set with other actors and they'll be like, oh, they're surprised. You're a mom. You have kids. You know, mm. and I'm like, what? Really? That's a surprise. Like, I, I thought that was my type. Um, but but yeah, just just kind of seeing um, how other people perceive you, really. Um, mm. And 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 if you have an agent, have ask your agent, like, what what do you what do you see me doing? Oh, you would be good playing a nurse. I can see you playing a nurse, you know? Um, and yeah, you just have to, and, and then once you, once you think all of that through, then start submitting yourself for those particular characters and see if you get them. So it's all, it's all about the wardrobe. Yeah. The, the, uh, actions mm-hmm. and the headshots and mm-hmm. just knowing who you represent 
best or who you could yeah. represent the best. Yeah, and a lot of, I mean, especially in LA, you know, actors will do a head headshot session where they're where they're actually like doing headshots of those characters, like. They have the scrubs, so they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna stand in as a nurse and portray themselves as as being a nurse. Um, they might a woman might be the quirky, like fun supporting role character with like crazy glasses and like a loud like, shirt um, or Mirabelle something. Mirabelle from Encanto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's just and and how you, how you promote yourself into the world because they, you know a, a casting might come through, a film might come through, and they're they're like we we need. Um, that fun sidekick character. Oh, she's perfect for it because we can see her right there being that person. So it's almost like you have to take photographs to build your uh, resume. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, so because if, if you have headshots that are all the same, generally the same character, that doesn't give you much. Right. You're just going to get that work. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, what advice do you have to people who uh, – because – Typing is a, is a big thing, like typecasting, and uh, it, there, it has its ups and downs to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your advice to people who want to break out of their type? That's a great question. If you have any tips, I'd like to know. <laughs> um, I would say, you know, there are so many resources online. Um you sometimes if I'm feeling like I want to be challenged, I'll just look look up screenplays or scenes that um, I want to I want to practice. Mm. You know, um, the first one that comes to mind might be like um, Kate Winslet's character in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like that character that she played in that film was so different than so many of the other characters that she's had in her career. What was it? just the free very free spirit mm-hmm. and um very um not mentally stable <laughs> gotcha um and so it was fun as an audience to watch her play something like that you know so i recommend just practicing scenes like seeing a movie saying you know what i'm going to try that character now find the scenes online and practice and practice and practice until you know what you might come to the point where you're like this feels this feels right. Like I can mm-hmm. play this type of character. Um. So, a uh, previous advice that was given um was that if you that you have to kind of play into your type as well. Mm-hmm. The, is that how? I guess that's really important if you, especially if you want to keep making money. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Um. So some of my headshots, like one headshot, my photographer that I used, he was like this is your mom shot. <laughs> like anytime you want to, you want to submit yourself for the mom, this is the shot you use because you are all mom right here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go a little bit more um, like, you know, single female, this is the shot that you're going to use. Um, if you want to go more, uh, I don't know, wealthy, a wealthy woman, you know, business type, this is the shot you use. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, everything is always different. You never know what you're going to get. So for a a traditional photo shoot, do you typically have multiple outfits on hand? Yeah. So my wardrobe as Leslie is what you see right now, jeans and and like a t-shirt or sweatshirt. Um, when I, when I go to a job, sometimes they have wardrobe for me. Most of the time, actors have to bring their own wardrobe, Mm. depending on the scale of the production uh, in terms of budget. Um, so I have probably more than, I would say three quarters of my wardrobe at home is just clothing that I wear for film because it's stuff that I don't see myself as Leslie wearing. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I can take all the, all those pieces to a set and I know exactly which ones, you know, wardrobe will choose for me and they'll be like, yeah, this is the one you need to wear. And I'm like, yep, I was not surprised that that you were going to pick that one. (laughs) That's that's so interesting. The amount of stuff I I didn't realize that uh, headshots was kind of the way I um it's just stuff you don't think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you ever want to, so so is that advice you would give to uh, actors that are looking to break into spaces? Really work on getting some good headshots in different uh as like roles. 
Absolutely. And um, of course, you know, Mr. Bigley. Yeah, Rob Dr. Bigley. Bigley. Yep. Hello, Rob Bigley. Um, he recently just shared um, a, a headshot that he had gotten done. And it was like he, like I think, I, yeah, I think he said he, he specifically told the photographer, I need like a rugged fire firefighter or something, something in like something rugged. And mm-hmm. um, and so his shot was very geared to that. You know, he had the right kind of jacket on and the right kind of expression. And and it was spot on. It was perfect. Yeah, it's I always enjoy seeing Dr. Bigley's headshots because they're always different. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I guess that's that's kind of what he that's, has to do. That's exactly what you do. Uh, so it, it especially when we grew up and uh, with social media and we all, you know, the proper selfie angle is up here looking down <laughs> yeah. and that's, those are the only shots you will ever see uh-huh. it's it's so interesting how different you have to uh present yourself to you know f- for like actual work mm-hmm. um not to say that influencers isn't isn't work but for film if you it's completely different yeah absolutely so moving on from that aspect you are a woman i am <laughs> uh what was it like breaking into uh the space as a woman did you have any challenges did you have any difficulties any bad stories any mm-hmm. any uh sexism absolutely um this i would say um being a woman and i can think of one particular project that i was involved in where i was not an actor i was on crew for something and so not being an actor for that project already mm-hmm. yeah took me down and i was like well that stinks like i hope i've never as an actor treated anyone on crew this way you know mm-hmm. um even from the director it was like you're beneath me that's enough um and it wasn't until i was nearing the end of my time on set and i was pregnant with my with my third baby at the time and I was dealing with a lot of morning sickness on set, which stinks because it's like 12 to 14 hour days. Um, And I was saying goodbye. I was wrapped for my time. And he said, you're, you're pregnant. And I said, yeah. And he said, you already have children. And I said, yeah. And it wasn't until at that moment that he started respecting me a little bit more. Um, And I think it was more, less sexism but more ageism you know Mm. he I think he saw me as being younger um and just being like a you know oh she's just like a college kid or something she doesn't know anything she's inexperienced um but then when he found out that I was married with children with one on the way his he treated me completely differently and I I'll never forget that and I thought I will never treat another young person in that way um, the way that he treated me. But, you know, I have countless stories that I experienced on set with him that were just not not nice. Not nice. <laughs> not nice. So, hmm. There's, trying to, trying to think of, of, of the question I want to ask correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, uh, do you ever feel like you should, if, to any of those people who are in those situations now, what do you think the course of action should be? Should they stand up for themselves? Should they uh, just quit altogether, quit that project altogether? Uh, what what advice would you have for... I'm all about standing up for yourself. Um, I mean, no job is worth mm-hmm. your, your dignity and you're a valuable person no matter, you know, a person is a person no matter how, you know, how small you are. Um, and I, I think, I think... Uh, you know, I, no no job is more important than than what you are able to give as a human being. Um, and I, if if I would have, I, I continued standing up for myself during that time in a respect in a respectful mm-hmm. way, of course. Um, but uh, it wasn't, you know, I I wasn't standing up to the, for myself to the point where like I was, you know, making him angry, you know, for him to kick me out or anything like that. But I. I will always stick up for myself and I want my, my daughters to always stick up for themselves. Um, there was one time I was on set for a feature film and, um, I was, I was, uh, there were background actors, men that were, I ended up getting surrounded by them and it was, it was frightening. Like it was absolutely frightening. 
was that part of the act? Or? No, it, we were in between scenes, and it was just like a we were taking a short break, and I was. I remember I think I was just had gone to the restroom and came back and grabbed a snack and um and they just surrounded me and it was and, and people were all around you know and it was it was frightening and um I ended up going to production like a producer and I was like this is not okay like this is not okay I feel unsafe like you were inappropriately surrounding you yes oh, okay yes and um and I was like this is not okay like they need to they need to go and you know on film you're gonna get all sorts of people mm-hmm. like, all mm-hmm. sorts of people most of the time it's fine and it's it's great to meet so many different people from so many different walks of life but you know occasionally I get something like that now I will say as a female working in this industry especially when I get a booking for a job that is directly through myself if I find the job myself not through an agent um, I always 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 make sure that when I'm given the location of a, of a production I like use Google Earth and I check out the building and I make sure that it's safe and I make sure that um, it's a legitimate place, you mm. know, because unfortunately I could be, I mean, I'm, I'm basically connecting with people that you've never met that I've never met either through email for phone calls online and, and I have to be safe about it. And um, yeah. And so I always Google earth it and I'm like, that looks sketchy. Right. And then I look up production. I'm like, you know, trying to Google the production crew and like seeing like, okay, is this an actual person? Yeah. <laughs> person. Is this safe for me? Um, yeah. At one time I was offered a, a role in a film where um, they offered me an exorbitant amount of money, like crazy amount of money. And I was like, that can't be right. I had one audition and they're offering me this. Um, it ended up being a total scam. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was a total scam. And this this director, unfortunately, uh, targets targets women. And and that's just the, unfortunately he's he's out there doing this. And and it's it's shameful and it's scary. And that's why you have to be smart. <laughs> you have to be smart and and really do your research. How does one? Uh combat that um because there today there's there is uh especially with people who have power mm-hmm. it's hard to name them and then call them out uh but you want to stop them at the same time how does one yeah. go about that if you have enough of um evidence you know and i i did i saw i mean i i had connected with enough people and researched enough that i was like this is not this is not right. I called him out on it, and his response was not not friendly. Well, I, I would assume not. <laughs> you, you know, abusers don't like to be called no, out. No, but I mean, I I wanted to take him down. It just enraged me. I don't like that for any any person, but especially for young girls, because I knew that that was his target. Uh, did you succeed? Um, I mean, as much as I could, but I think he's still at it, unfortunately. Mm. So, no, I did not succeed. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so that's actually one of the considerations I, I took with uh, starting this podcast. There was a, a location that I had had uh, set up, but the surrounding area was just, it seemed sketchy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, typically there's, like, open mics there. So mm-hmm. I, I know that it's safe and it, it's it's fine. But to the untrained person, you know, there's like a, a motorcycle club mm. beneath it. That's going to throw off some people immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, people do, uh, they smoke pot in, in the rooms. So that's going to throw another whole group of people <laughs> off immediately. Yeah. So I was just like, this, this, even though it's a great space to have this, yeah, it's not going to bring in the right. people that right. I want to be able to bring in. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I had to take into account, I'm gonna, I want to have Christians on the show. I want to mm-hmm. have, uh, and even this place isn't the perfect place either because uh, at Lancaster Bible College, you, you can't, you know, you can't do drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that, and that, that includes. Most places you can't. Most, well, I, but I'm even talking about yeah. like smoking yeah, and right. uh, drinking right. is something that you can't do. You can't mm-hmm. curse on the radio. You mm-hmm. can't. And to be fair, I want to have a family-friendly show anyway. Sure, so absolutely. That's that's, it, but it was ideal. Mm-hmm. First off, <laughs> the only real grievance I have with this place is it doesn't have a proper address because 
college campuses just hate actual addresses mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Well, whatever I found reason. it just perfectly. So Yeah, it, it, thankfully, it's super easy to get here. But uh, um, it's – what was I talking about? <laughs> Oh, that's okay. You were talking about location and being like at a legitimate place. Yes, because and... it's at a college that's mm-hmm. already in of itself kind of legitimate, and um, it's a it's a college that's you know relatively well known, very professional college, uh, and it's a very professional space any, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, it, so I was very ecstatic to have this uh, place, and uh, to top it off, I didn't have to pay for anything. Yeah, that's perfect. Which is super, super, super nice. No um, overhead. <laughs> very, yeah, I'm very blessed to be able to do the show because I don't make anything off of it. It's just mm-hmm. purely a passion project that I want to do. So, <coughs> what are other uh, red flags that you that you search for when finding a project? Hmm. Or what are red flags that you've seen <laughs> in directors, cast members, crew members that? Uh, that people wouldn't typically see as a, a red flag. Hmm. In terms of things moving along or in terms of like safety? But we'll do both. We can do both. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I would say if there's not a producer <laughs> on set, things aren't going to go well. I mean, if for someone to be there, <coughs> excuse me, for someone to be there keeping things on schedule mm. and communicating with the director and the assistant director, that's essential. Like, I mean, everyone is needed. But, like, right. if there's not a schedule uh, for the day, Nothing's good, happening. good luck. <laughs> like, you're going to be there forever. Um, and that's why it's so – because it's like any kind of art. You know, if you're painting or drawing, you're always going to be like, I'm just going to add a little bit more. I'm right. going to add a yep. little bit more. And the, and the classic line in film is just one more one for more safety. Time, one more time. <laughs> just one more time for safety. Um, so you could be doing the same shot all day long. It's hard to it's hard to call it quits, you know, because mm-hmm. you want to make it perfect. So um, yeah, that that's always been that was one thing when uh, doing our school <laughs> film project was. Do uh, you know Ryan Giesemann at mm-hmm. all? Yeah. yeah, he's one of the best per- people to keep us on ske- to keep somebody <laughs> on schedule that I have. And I, I'm really, I, I like to be on schedule as well, but oh my gosh, he was like, by the way, we only have this much sunlight. By the way, we only have this much, uh, whatever it, it be. And we have to get the shot now or it's done. How difficult, cause there are some people who aren't the best at memorizing lines, right? How difficult is it to, but granted you, you work with professionals. Is there ever, uh, a time where. You and there's countless bloopers, right? <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, is there a time where you have to sit an actor down, actress, or and say, "Hey, if we don't get this shot, there's nothing more we can do." Yeah, there are times that things just don't work. Um, recently, I had um, a, a stylist contact me, and she said, "We have, <laughs> excuse me, we have a toddler on set." And she is not cooperating. Mm. Like, we need you to come in with your child. I wasn't able to that day. But sometimes that just happens, and it's the way it goes. Um, in terms of line memorization, like, that slows th- things down significantly. Um, <clears throat> with anything, you have to be prepared. You have to know what you're doing. You have to know, um, you have to know your lines, like, better than anything because nothing can happen if if you don't know your lines if you're constantly right. looking and if you're like oh, i'm so sorry i gotta read what is oh that's that's another thing how how much is ad lib okay because there's there's I, there countless times and this this kind of goes for like music playing as well but if you make a mistake it really grinds my gears at least and and i know plenty of other gears it grinds too where the musician will stop and say oh i'm sorry i'll restart that or um like during a performance sometimes it is warranted sometimes you're just way off and you just have to restart that's Mm -hmm. it's happened at a few recitals and that's totally understandable Uh, especially if you've just started you're Mm -hmm. like okay i I got to restart but um, like halfway through a monologue or halfway through a, a passage, and sometimes you you mess up. Do do you 
and acting, do you keep going? Is that like a thing you have to keep going or you should keep going? Or is it okay just to just reset everything? Yeah. Sometimes, um, sometimes if I mess up, I'll, uh, just repeat the line, take a beat, repeat the line (coughs) and start again. Um, and then other times the director will just say cut and we'll reshoot. Mm -hmm. That's, um, one thing is, uh, I, I stutter and slur my words a lot uh, because I'm not the best at speaking. And I also have, I'm not very good at, at enunciating. Uh, that's something I've learned a lot while listening to myself on the podcast. I need to enunciate better. Um, so is it is it best for an actor just to reset themselves and uh, state the line again? Because I, I know some people I've worked with who, just, who make this big scene like oh I'm so sorry I'm and they they just keep going on that train is it it that's not necessary yeah it's I mean, not necessary I mean it happens you know and right. everyone is expecting something like that to to happen um on a super pro- professional level like um recently one of my friends was just on a network TV show as a supporting character and she messed up her lines and she just in that moment she was like oh this is like super super professional like what do I do because she's you know she's done a lot of a lot of stuff in her career mm-hmm. but for this particular project she was like that's right I can just I can just stop they're not going to cut they're just going to keep rolling and then I just pick up where I left off or I start from my line completely over from the beginning again mm-hmm. and everyone just knows everyone is so familiar with the script and that's the thing you have to be so familiar with the script and your lines and where you are in the pacing um, to be able to just stop at any given point and then pick up and start again. That's good. So if and, and that's one thing uh, that can be said for many many uh, occupations within like the entertainment realm. If you mess up, don't acknowledge it. First yeah. off, that's just wasting time, and it it's and it's letting your audience know, especially if you're doing live, mm-hmm. that oh they messed up. Yep, that's bad. Yep. Uh, you just have to keep going, uh, especially like in theater when mm-hmm. when you're working around at, at Sight and Sound with like animals and everything, mm-hmm. and so many other things can just go wrong. You mm-hmm. just have to real. You just have to. You can't say, you can't break character first off, and because that's it's that's probably the worst thing you could ever do. Yeah, exactly. I just did a a film where I my character had so many monologues, and it was all in one in one scene and um I wasn't sure how the director was going to film it I wasn't sure if he would be you know stopping after each monologue or Mm. just continue rolling and he continued rolling and I was like oh yikes like I have to be on with this I have to be prepared and there were times when I forgot things or like I skipped ahead to the next monologue (laughs) and I would recognize it and I would just say "I'm, I'm taking it back to you know the the previous monologue um and that's just what you do. Some some directors they they function a little bit differently. It just all depends on basically the job. The point is to get the job done, right? You know, as quickly as possible, um, and efficiently. Um, you don't want it to be an editing nightmare because not only do you have to worry about the production while it's happening, but then somebody about, has to clean it all yep, up. <laughs> yep, that's right. Um, that's something I, I learned a lot about when we we did our our film project was like. Oh my gosh, editing is a nightmare, mm-hmm. and that's not for me. Yep, I, f- I thought I could, I could do that. It doesn't <clears> seem <throat> all that hard, but uh, especially because the audio and the video are completely different mm-hmm. uh, track, and you got to mend that together. And uh, one of the biggest problems we had was getting the clapper in frame. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. even that, and and that goes back to what we were talking about before. Every every little cog has to be exactly right, and and that goes all the way until it's completed after mm-hmm. after you know post and everything it's small th- and it's crazy how much time you can waste uh, without even realizing it mm-hmm. uh one one of our uh one of the students um like if someone isn't confident enough to say action when when after the clap is done and everything or, or they're not they're like absently minded thinking of something else or they forget oh wait i have to say action mm-hmm. or wait i have to say sound speed speed yeah yeah and then that kind of stuff and, and cut oh you 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 said cut or we keep rolling or, or you know that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of thing it's yeah so everybody has to be on it yeah it's a lot of listening and being like i mentioned before being aware um you know there have been times when i've 
been to set and the director doesn't say action, you know, I've been like, uh, can you? <laughs> Can you give me an action? Because I don't know when to start. Um, but but you, I mean, you're on until from action until cut until cut is said. You're mm-hmm. you're in it, and you you can't break character because no. as soon as you break character, that's when the cut comes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you just have to keep going. Yep, exactly. Um, so being involved in the film and the theater, and you said you at first you weren't well. At first, you weren't very well connected at all mm-hmm. yeah not at all how does one uh can get connected into the world you had mentioned some facebook groups and that's one yeah. way but i would assume the major way would by would be by making real life uh interpersonal human, yeah, human, human connections yeah. yeah um i mean instagram has been a, a great way to make that happen but when I first started out, you know, looking back 12 years ago, there weren't a lot of production companies in Lancaster. Like it was just very few. So mm-hmm. anytime I would get booked for something, I'd have to drive like maybe two hours, three hours away. There weren't a lot mm. of a lot of jobs here in Lancaster. Um, but now I, it's to the point where like I can do primarily all my work in Lancaster. And nice. it's awesome. Like it makes me so happy to be living here. But um, when I first started out, I Googled all of um, production companies in Lancaster and surrounding areas, and I personally reached out and emailed every single one. And I was like, hi, I'm a local professional actress. I'd like to be considered for blah, 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 blah. You know, keep me, <laughs> keep me in your talent pool, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can work together. So it's just advocating for yourself. You are your marketing. Yes, you are the product. You're the product. And you <laughs> have to realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most helpful things that I've realized over this podcast is, uh, first off, the way you, the title of your email. So I've always been confused of what, what the title of your, your email. But uh, one of the most helpful things I've learned is you have to first put your name in it mm-hmm. and then the purpose. Mm-hmm. And that, also for resumes, because if you just save your resume as resume, yeah. It's going to get lost yeah. immediately. You have to say, oh, this is blank blank's resume. This is mm-hmm. Corey Rosen's resume mm-hmm. uh, and preferably the date also, yeah. as well. Right. Uh, and email. Oh, my gosh. Emailing is so important. Yeah. Uh, the way the way pulling back the curtain a little bit. The way I have been contacting uh, most of my people is through Messenger. That's, that's how yeah. I contacted you. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and uh <laughs> same way i contacted uh amt servant stage etc that's how i got wally calderon who's, mm-hmm. who's going to be on the show tomorrow yeah um the artistic director of servant stage which is if if you don't know that's like it's like the ceo of all theater pretty much well and he is a good one to talk to i'm super excited for yeah. it but uh uh just you know finding People who are coming to Telus 360, the mm-hmm. Phantom Power, if you're familiar with that, mm-hmm. uh, and other like <clears throat> other Zotropolis, and emailing them or finding them, and then because uh, that's hard mm-hmm. to realize that because uh, I because there's so many people that I know on, through Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, through my own uh, experiences, but then having to and for, you got to consider what's professional. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't think that you, like mess- sending a messenger uh, was that professional, but I didn't mm-hmm. really know where else to go to because yeah. it's. <laughs> I've no companies are not very good at. Uh, well, to to be fair, uh, there's it, it's you don't want random people just messaging messaging you all these random things all the time mm-hmm. as well. So it's it's really hard to find who to talk to. Well, I think so many businesses are using, you know, social media as mm-hmm. their marketing. So, I mean, true, yeah. I think it's totally fine that you use Messenger for this platform. It's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I guess email is... Yeah, that, that has been the case. A, a lot of people ha- have... I reached out through Messenger and they're like, oh, you can reach this email. And then that, it could, goes on from email from there. That That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, I think you're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the networking what for you though was just a bunch of emailing constantly yeah uh, all around yeah, reaching out and being like hey here i am <laughs> hire me use me was there ever the fear for you for overbooking because i <laughs> oh i wish <laughs> um 
No, I guess not. I, there that has never been a fear. That's like a a dream. Right. <laughs> because, you know, I if I'm offered something, I can mm-hmm. accept it or decline it. And so if if that would ever happen, <laughs> that would be a blessing and I would I would love that. Um although I will say there are times some weeks that I do feel like I am overbooked. Mm. Um because primarily my role is as a parent and yes. I and I and I want to be as available as I can be to my children. Um and being on set, it's they're long days. You know, mm. when I'm I'm there, it's it's a long day and <clears throat> I miss my kids. Um, it's not it's not your typical nine to five job, you know. Right. And, and so if I get two or three of those a week, that's a, that feels like a lot. And not to mention how tired you are afterwards because you're using all this. It's, it's not like you're I, it's not like you're doing like your regular like factory jobs to <clears throat> make you tired, too. But or like oh, sitting absolutely. at a sitting at a desk job. Yeah. But you're constantly you're constantly talking, constantly moving, constantly get, getting direction, mm-hmm. constantly doing things over and over again that you've done a million times already. Yeah. It's, it, it must be ment- it's pro- mentally draining. Emotionally draining, mm. I would say. Um, yeah, and, and mentally. I You know, being being having to take direction, exactly what you said, um, and being attentive. During, and being okay with it. And being well. like, okay, I'm so tired. I have a headache. The lights are bright. <laughs> Okay, what? Okay, I'm going to do sweating. this. I'm going to do this. And I have to be feeling this when really I'm feeling this. Yes. <laughs> um, it's like so gaslighting that's, yourself. Yeah. And um, recently I did a shoot where um, my character was grieving badly. Um, mm. And um, and that was a long, <laughs> long shoot for me. And when I drove home that evening, like my voice was shot. Like mm. I... I you know, I, I clearly wasn't using like the right um, way to use my voice because right. it was so exhausted. Um, but I was emotionally drained. Like, I, I don't think I could produce any more tears <laughs> ever after that. I was like, I think I'm I'm dehydrated from right, right. <laughs> from from crying so much. Um, but having to be on for that amount of time. And I think for me as an actor, the hardest thing is. Um, when you're surrounded by other actors for a specific scene and your character has to be emoting a specific feeling um, or uh, conveying a certain um, emotion um, and then we, we we're, we're rolling, we cut and um, everyone just goes into chatting, you know, chat, chatting, chatting, chatting. Let's talk about our day. Oh, my gosh, that was so funny. And while I know we're about to roll again and I have to produce that same feeling again oh my word it's being on like it's trying to get to that headspace is a huge challenge yeah and and that was was a famous time waster from like band is as soon as everything's done chat 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 and then you have to you have to then you have to prepare yourself again yeah get that uh, at least for band amateur right and it's kind of uh, almost similar in some aspects to getting to that headspace of Of okay, I, um, you, you go from this, uh, this single mother who has maybe just lost her uh child, and now you go to oh, I'm doing this on Wednesday, and then you have to go back to yeah, I've lost my child again. Yeah, and I never want to be that person where I, when, where I would be like, can you guys just like not talk right now because right, this yeah, is what I need. Yeah. I never want to be that person, but of course internally I'm like, okay how can I get to like a place of solitude and get to a place of like, okay, I want to be able to do this right and do this well. Um, so I just kind of have to shut down. And if I'm, if I'm in a role like that, right. and that helps me to know too, if I'm ever on the other side as an actor, you know, and if, if my, someone I'm doing a scene with, it has to produce those kinds of feelings. Like I will always just be quiet, like mm. just be quiet because that's what is needed for that other person. So what motivates you then after a long day of work to go back to your children and then uh, care for them <laughs> properly? Um, I mean, I, I usually just tell them I'm tired. I, I, I hide no- nothing from them and mm. I, I want them to see that I work hard and that I enjoy what I do. Like that's important for me as a parent for them to know that whatever they choose to do in life, it will make them tired and mm-hmm. they will, they should work hard for what they love to do. 
Um, and that's okay. Like, it's okay to come home at the end of the day. I don't need to put on a show for them and be like, that's good. you know, I, I, I'll just, I, I, even if they're asleep, I'll go in there and I'll, I'll give them kisses and they usually wake up and they ask how my day was and I'll be like, I'm so tired, but I love you. I, <laughs> so happy to see you. I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> that's good. Um, there's so many countless times. Uh, um, I live with, uh, one of my friends, uh, and he's very much, talkative <laughs> and at some point of the day like and we've had we've been having the most crazy experiences at my apartment i was just telling leslie that last night one of my uh, a fire extinguisher that i keep in my room just in, you know just in case it exploded and uh, foam everywhere uh, during the night ruined a lot of things and it's just like and he just wants to keep talking about it i'm like wasn't that crazy i'm like hunter <laughs> I am tired. <laughs> My clothes are also. I am covered with foam. The windows are covered. the The bed is soaked. I have to sleep on the futon tonight. I want to go to bed, and sometimes my lamp falls over because it it just wants to commit suicide or something. <laughs> and it, it's 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 like Hunter, don't touch it. Let it be on the floor. <laughs> I'm done. I, I cannot be bothered right. to fix the broken glass mm-hmm. right now. I It's time for me to go yeah. to bed. Well, you know, and everyone processes stuff in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like for him, he that was a big deal to him. Right, yeah, like. oh, for and, sure, yeah. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not discounting him at all. Yeah. Because if, if, if I had been, you know, aware or like had more energy at the time, I would have been the same. Like, oh, that's insane. I can't believe mm-hmm. that happened. But mm-hmm. it's also like at that point, it's – and I'm not I'm not rude to him about it at all. Oh, I'm it, sure. It's it's and things happen <clears throat> and you know frustrations are high sometimes, but uh, it's it's still like I I love him. He's he's <laughs> one of my best roommates I've ever had. But at some point I just had to tell him, Hey Hunter, <laughs> <laughs> calm it down. Well, yeah. I, I go the back. other night I got home from a shoot and uh, I my kids were getting into bed and um, I was saying goodnight to my daughter Vivian. And all of a sudden, there was a spider walking on, oh, no. crawling on the wall beside her bed. And she was like, oh, Mommy, can you please, can you get it? I was so tired. I did not want to get the spider. I did not care about the spider. I, was, I wanted to be like, just sleep with the spider. It's going to be okay. But um, she wanted me to get it, so I went to get it. And I did not get it. And mm. it went into her bed. Oh, no. And I could not find it. And I thought, oh, man. Oh, now this is going to be a whole thing. And mm-hmm. I'm so tired and I just want to go to bed. Um, and so, you know, going back to what we were talking about, it's I, I, have to, I have to consider their feelings. I have to consider that they've had a long day or they've mm-hmm. missed me or they've, you know, they have so many needs. Yes. And so I was like, well. You can either sleep in the bed with your spider, or I can set up an air ba- air mattress in my bedroom. And she was like, "Let's do that." So I was like, "Oh, oh great, great. now do this." Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's, but ultimately, especially with kids, I, dealing with kids uh, who are scared of like swimming and all that jazz. It, it's at the end of the day, it, it is really fulfilling. Oh, and one hundred percent. So rewarding, even all the work you have to do, because you get to see them smile, mm-hmm. and then they'll be like, "I love you, you're awesome," and yes. that's that's all. It's the world. It literally is. They're my world. I I like I. They're all I think about. I mean, there are times that I can't wait to get away from them, you know. And I'm like, right, yes. Okay, I'm get to, I get to work today, and I'm so glad about it because I get to just be me. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, my my oldest is a writer. She's twelve, and mm. she her heart is like the most beautiful heart. It she is just a gem of a child, and um, the things she writes, like seeing her talent for writing and drawing, is like uh, so fulfilling to me. She just wrote a chapter book last night. She finished it. She'd nice. been working on it for like two weeks, and I read it. It was long, and it was the most beautiful sweet story and i thought that i don't care about anything she does in life but she she gets the importance of making a good story and jesus was in it and and it was the beautiful the way she incorporated christ into her story and i was just like she is wiser beyond her years like Mm. she is just the most beautiful child that's awesome yeah yeah 
Um, so we're kind of wrapping up our, our time in general. There are some general questions I, I'd love to ask and get your opinion on. So what has been your biggest support through all your journey? Has it been Christ? Has it been your husband? Has it been your family? Has it been your children? Hmm. My biggest support. Um, I mean, Christ for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was, when I said that, I was like, duh. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like so passionate about this art. Like if it, if he hadn't given me, you know, the skills that I have and the, mm. the desire that I have to create stories that are, um, edifying to him, you know? Um, but in terms of real people, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, my husband for sure. Uh, and my parents, I mean, my parents, the fact that they supported that I leave school, you know, back in college right, and they're yeah. like, you do you and you like, you find your, your dreams. And that, I mean, even my grandfather like encouraged me to leave school. He saw me in my show in college and he said, wow. you need to go, you need to go do this. And that like, that just stuck with me. Um, yeah, I'm getting emotional, but yeah, my, and my husband, like anytime I have a self tape that I, I need an, a scene partner for, he'll, he's always there. Like he'll, he'll have a, his own, he has his own work and his mm-hmm. own long day and with children and with, with his, his career. And then I'll, at the end of the day, I'll be like, I'm sorry, but can you, can you read for this character? I just have to get this audition in and he'll do it. And every time he's there for me to do that. And it takes time and he's patient Mm -hmm. and encouraging. And I, I love that. And sometimes my kids will even read with me (laughs) and and they'll be in the middle of playing and I'll be like, can one of you read for me? (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. So, uh, what has kept you grounded throughout Mm -hmm. all of these? You've been involved with future, future films, Mm -hmm. sight and sound is a giant, uh, theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, what has kept you down centered to the earth and yeah. Um, that I don't know everything. Mm. Um, there's always something to learn. And I hope I, I go into every job, even if it's a print job where I'm standing with a refrigerator. I, before I go in, I say to myself, okay, what can I learn today? Who can I meet? Who can, who can I make an impact on or who can make an impact on my life? Um, because I'm constantly meeting new people and you know, some of them, some of them know Christ and some of them don't. And while we might not be talking about Christ, I will do my best to be the best example of him that I can be. And, um, you know, and sometimes sometimes people will say, like, oh, you're so nice, or you're this or that, and I'm thinking it's because of Christ, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, what is one way that you have found your faith challenged throughout your work? <clears throat> um, it's the uh, the vanity of it. Oh. I don't like... I don't like, like I mentioned before, I don't like um, promoting myself. And so much of it is like, hey, Look here's a picture of me. I mean, right when we got here, I took a picture. And, um, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, and, and I, I don't like that. But it, it unfortunately, is part of the career. And so it's the vanity of it that I don't like. Caring about, oh, is my hair too frizzy? Do I have enough makeup <laughs> on? You know, I don't like that. Most days I just don't have any makeup on at all. So, so, uh, so. Has pride ever been a problem for you? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure it has. I'm mm-hmm. sure it has. Um, because I struggle so much with confidence, pride is a hard, hard, it's not something so much that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if I'm given a compliment, you know, I I think about it. You know, I'm like, oh, that was so nice that I got that compliment. Was it good? Or, what, you know, did I do that well? You know, mm-hmm. um, but thankfully, that's not a total struggle for me. That's good because that's a lot of, uh, from what I've seen, it's it's a lot of issues that uh, theater people or actors deal <laughs> have a problem with pride and yeah. they're very prideful about their work, but they and they forget that oh, I'm just a person sometimes. Yeah, I mean honestly, most of the time I'm more I'm more amazed and astounded by what other people are doing, and mm. I think wow, they're so gifted at their, their craft, you know, they're so gifted with the camera, they're so gifted with their acting, with hair and makeup, with whatever, and, and that's the thing that I'm like, wow, they must, they must be really proud of their work. <laughs> so uh, thinking on that line, I guess, did you ever have to deal with envy or jealousy? And <laughs> Yes, 100% yes. I, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I see other people getting work that I submitted for, and that's always hard. I mean, this job is, this industry is rejection. Yes. And learning how to take it. And, and tried. Um, yes. I don't, I don't struggle too much with dealing with that rejection, but sometimes if it's a job that I really, really wanted to do, I'm like, mm, that's too bad. But I always tell myself, you know, there, there's a reason why I didn't get that one, and that's okay. And sometimes you just have to put it on the cross. You do. You absolutely do. And that's one of, if I could give any advice to anybody, it would be to put your burdens on the cross. Mm-hmm. And it, it's gone because it's not, it's, yeah. you're not supposed to worry about the past. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to worry about the future. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to worry about, you know, God will give you the tools for today. Yeah. Yeah. And God is going to support you throughout your life. And your plan is not his plan. Yeah. And that's the one of the, that's the thing that keeps my, myself grounded is, is whenever someone says, no, I can't do that show or no, I'm not looking for a musician right now or, you know, that, <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I want to play by myself yeah. for this time. Yeah. I, I just got to realize that's okay. Yeah. And it is okay. It is okay. I remember early on when my two older ones were, were very young I remember being very envious of <clears throat> other women, especially that were advancing in their careers without children. And I remember, mm-hmm. I remember going to my priest at church and and commenting about this and how I was str- really struggling with it, with the envy and thinking, like, did I have children too young? Like, I didn't mm. get to my like where I want to be in my career. And he gave me such such a good insight. And he said, Yeah, but you know, when you're 60 years old, you're going to be surrounded with people that love you you're going to be surrounded with children Mm -hmm. grandchildren you know like a full family and at that point in your life that's all that'll matter was that ever an issue for you uh going because there's a a really big uh debate culturally over whether family or career first Mm -hmm. was that ever an issue for you or it's always just been family so it's always been family Uh, yeah yeah and it it might not be that way for everyone and that that's okay i mean Mm -hmm. i think it's important to know (laughs) before you have children right that that's what you want because Mm -hmm. it is your life it is your life and i'm not saying that in a negative way but i mean my day is is children um ultimately even though i have other work and i do other things but i'm i'm here to be their mother Mm -hmm. and the best i can be so what is one thing that you know now that (laughs) you wish you could have told little leslie tally (laughs) hmm don't don't sweat the small stuff <laughs> and mm-hmm. um you know n- getting caught up in the worry of it all and worry in terms of if i'm doing a good job you know worry if i mess up like don't worry about that i i get so caught up in like having to be perfect every time even for a rehearsal mm-hmm. and i don't like that about myself um, and I've gotten better over the years in like emotionally, you know, dealing with that. Um, but yeah, I would definitely give myself the advice that like, will this matter when I'm 90? Will this right. matter when I'm like in the kingdom? <laughs> no, it will not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you one to stay up and late up at night and then, uh, all the memories of all yeah. awkward things <laughs> yes. just play in your head? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning and be like, why did I say that? <laughs> That is literally the reason why I can't go to bed. Because I'm thinking of all of these old memories from like 10, you know, five, 10 years ago. And I'm just like, why did I do that? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, no one remembers. No one, <laughs> no one and, cares. And that, that is one thing that, that uh, is the best thing about the human the humanity is that no one remembers your awkward things unless it particularly affected them. Mm-hmm. Um. What was what was awkward for you was literally most of the time only awkward for you unless it was like a big scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people don't often forget what you, or people often forget what you say to them. They mm-hmm. won't forget, however, what you do to them. Mm-hmm. And that so if you say something weird, they're probably not going to remember that the next <laughs> day. But yeah. um, I mean, know. and we're all we're all human. Like all we human. all have been there where we awkwardly wave to someone who isn't actually waving at you. Yes. <laughs> We've all been in those shoes. <laughs> so um, being a Christian and throughout all of your career with, with dealing with different Christian projects, uh, what do you, what is worship to you? 
Mm. Well, I think to me, it's more of um, solitude, uh, sitting in reverence and um, controlling my thoughts to be only on Christ. That is rever- That is that is worship to me. Um, I know some people that's loud and with their bodies and mm-hmm. with singing, but for me, it's it's sitting in silence and just having no other distraction. So uh, a lot of things changed during 2020. Mm-hmm. How did you adapt to uh, COVID theater life? Did you? Uh, were you panicking? Did you have anything to fall back on? Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you deal with that scenario? Well, I remember the day that we found out we were, my children were getting pulled out of school. I think it was their last day was March 12th of 2020. Um, I remember the thought, oh no, my husband at the time was working in theater. And I thought, oh no, we're, we're doomed. Like mm-hmm. no one will be going to see productions like what if this goes on for months um and it was panic but then i will tell you i mean i know we were talking about this earlier but um you know times in your life when you struggle financially or the money is just not coming in god provides like that was so evident during that time and we had just had a new baby like my Mm. our youngest was only two weeks old and then we had the first lockdown and it was for me my concern was more on safety rather than finances um, I didn't, I didn't worry so much about where the, when the job was going to come in, the next job was going to come in or when I would do theater again. Although, you know, of course that's my love and everything, but my concern was more on how do I keep my family safe? How do I protect everybody? Um, will we eat? Yes, mm-hmm. we will eat. You know, God provides, he always provides. And, you know, and I think during that time it was kind of beautiful for me that I could enjoy that time with just our new baby and yeah. having our two older ones and just having family time. It was, it was, it had has it had its struggles, of course, um, significant struggles. But then it it had the 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 beautiful things far outweighed. Yeah, there there's a lot of good things that came out of the shutdown and a lot of lot of bad things that came out of the shutdown mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how was the transition back? Going back into doing theater, did you guys have to do like the the face shields mm-hmm. or because uh, you can't do masks and acting? Yeah, um, well, getting back onto set was was tricky because you know for film, like you gotta be there, you gotta be there. And so early on, I was getting offers to and do no things. Mask. Yeah, and and so I would go through and I'd ask the director beforehand, and I would say, okay, what what precautions are you taking? Because this was before like COVID compliance officers were on set. Like now when I go to a set, there's always a COVID compliance officer on most sets Um, or there's required testing beforehand. So I'm tested all the time, all the time I'm getting COVID tests. Um, But at that time early on, you know, a few months into it, it was like, okay, how many people will be there? How far away will we be from one another? Um, you know, no, I had to ask those questions and I had to turn down several jobs because some of them were like, you know, 12 actors sitting in a circle talking. That was the scene. And I was like, nope, not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm nervous about that. Um, but yeah, uh, if it was just another actor and we, we would keep our masks on and then time for shooting, we'd take it off and we'd try to keep it like try to shoot for like five minutes and then go off and wear masks. Like it was definitely different and weird. Um, but we made it work. That's good. Um, what is, uh, throughout all of your career, what is one mistake that you see actors, actresses constantly, or directors constantly make? Hmm. Not connecting enough with one another. Mm. As an actor, excuse me as an actor I need connection I need to be not necessarily be affirmed in what I'm doing but I just want to know that like that was good or that was okay or what you're doing you're on the right track you're getting Mm -hmm. there or you need to do more of this because I want to know so I can be like I want to give exactly what you want or like you know improve what I'm doing Mm -hmm. um and as a as a director I like to do the same thing you know, if someone did one little thing that was on the right track, I want to point that out because I'm like, you run with that now. Like, you take that 
and you make it even bigger or you take that and you make other choices with that. Um, so yeah, connecting. And, and I think that that doesn't happen often enough. And I think it's probably, especially in the film world, it's probably because everything just feels so rushed. Yeah. <laughs> there's not it, enough time. There's not enough time to sit down and say, hey, you did a really good job on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is, and there's something also to say connecting um, with with your coworkers too. Yeah, communication uh, for sure. For sure, because if there's not chemistry between you two or there's bad chemistry between mm-hmm. actors, it's it's a very good actor could get away with it, but yeah. it, it's going to show more often than not because mm-hmm. <laughs> subconscious emotions are almost impossible to hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always, and we were, we were kind of talking about it earlier about uh, when stuff goes wrong, but um, it takes a lot to sell a performance mm-hmm. and connecting helps. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I mean, I was just on set yesterday and um, I met the the guy that played my husband and I, we had to like stand there and be like we were, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, affectionate with one another. And 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 I was like, I, hi, I just met you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but we we spoke for a little while beforehand, and that always helps break the ice. But yeah, you have to you have to have some kind of communication for sure. Well, Leslie, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, if you want to find Leslie, you can find her at her website, Leslie. That's L E S L I E A N N E T A L L E Y. Yes. At Wix dot com. Yep. And you can find her in her upcoming project. Mm-hmm. It's called the Pony Card Adventure. Yes, and you one can of them. <laughs> one of them. Uh, what other stuff have you worked on that people could find you at, like other feature films? Um, where you'd find me? Um, I'm trying to think of every, <laughs> everything I've done. You can find <laughs> her on DVD at uh, for Science Sounds <laughs> for Science Sounds Ruth for a fact. Um, you can find me on IMDb, and um. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that is and you can find, find all my yeah. work there. Yep. Oh, there you go. Uh, with that said, this has been Corey Rosen with The Story Podcast. Please do like and follow if you like our content. You, we can we can follow us on Spotify. Just search The Story, Corey Rosen, C-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N. Follow us on Facebook, and you can get all of our updates there. And with that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye. Bye.